Hey guys, and welcome to the Emo Van. Today we have Honeysuckle Records um, from Joplin, Missouri. That's right, right? I got that yeah. all right. Cool. Okay. So do you want to tell me a little about like the label and how it started, like a good history? Um, well, it all got started about in uh, January of 21. Uh, that's when I had the idea. I didn't really have a name yet, um, but my partner actually is the one who inspired me and uh, made me believe that I could do it. So I named it after their uh, favorite flower, which is the honeysuckle. So that's where the name and the logo comes from. They actually drew the logo. Um, our first release was in March of 21. And I hadn't really done any emo stuff yet. Um, my first two releases were uh, just a couple of my friends who needed help releasing their stuff, so I made CDs for them. Uh, my break into the scene would have been uh, HSR 003, which was Church Kids Dreams EP. And uh, that, one, that one was a pretty good release. I was muted when I just said those few words. Uh, sweet. So um, has it always been like, has it always been an idea in the back of your head to do something like this? Kind of. I've always wanted to do something with music, uh, but I've never been able to like make it myself. I've always wanted to. But I thought this would be a cool way to kind of get into the scene and help other artists, um, you know, yeah. out CDs and stuff. Sweet. Yeah. <laughs> Um, do you just do CDs or do you do vinyl and things like that? Like, what's your main? Um, I mean, the main distribution's pretty much digital, but <laughs> for like, I like main physical stuff. My main squeeze is the is the CDs. I do everything by hand. I print it all uh, in house. I write down to the CD labels. Uh, sometimes I do like ink splatter on the discs, kind of make it a little fancy. Um, but I would love to get into tapes and vinyl at some point. Uh, I'm actually working really closely with another label called Oliver Glenn Records. Um, they do tapes, and uh, we're working together to kind of do some co-releases uh, in the upcoming year. So it's going to be pretty sick. That's sweet. Um, I've heard it's pretty hard to do vinyl, like the way it's supposed to be done, I guess, or the, like the way it's supposed to be done air quotes um just due to the fact of the like mass production and things like the way you're supposed to do it i can't even talk about it because i don't really completely understand the guy that owns the record store in my town knows all this stuff and had brought it up at one point and i was like oh that's crazy and then it just like out all the information's just left my head so but and i don't know how true like i mean records get released all the fucking time and get pressed and everything but like the original way of pressing isn't there's only like a handful of machines that can actually do it i guess like the original way essentially huh. i don't know i could be completely wrong though so don't you know maybe look look into it a little deeper before the the you take my word for it um so you went over the name i always ask about the name so you covered that point. I didn't even have to ask you that question. 
Um, did you go through a process of like, oh, maybe like you had a few names or were you like, this is the, I'm dead set on what, what you were going to name it? You know, it, it, it really was pretty immediate. Um, I was just thinking about, you know, why am I doing this? Like what inspired me? And it was my partner. So I also thought it would be pretty emo, you know? <laughs> that's fair um so do you have any like big accomplishment big accomplishments you've uh hit since the since you've started like anything that you've been like holy shit i can't believe yeah um i did a co-release with uh ch point with the um summer 2000 self-titled ep we did CDs. I did the first run, the first physical release ever of that album was my CDs, and we split the copies. So I sold 15, and CH Point sold 15. And that was really sick because I was a huge fan of CH Point before I started the label and of Summer 2000. So it was really sick to work with that project. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, so what do you do you consider the label more of an emo label or is it just pretty diverse and like whatever, whoever, like yeah. if, you, if you like it and you're willing to work with them and they're willing to work with you? Yeah, pretty much. I just try to work with whatever I like, whatever I'm listening to. Um, every project that I've released is basically a daily listener for me. I listen to my catalog like frequently. So, um, yeah, it's just stuff that I like. Um, it started out the first few releases weren't emo because they were just my local, you know, friends who needed help uh, yeah. releasing their stuff. So uh, I made the, the the label ambiguously multi-genre for that purpose. Um, and there's some other artists that I've worked with that don't really fit the the genre, like Wave Goodbye, more like post-punk. But uh, yeah, I'm open to pretty much anything as long as I, I jam to it. Sweet, yeah. Um, how so? I I feel like since you're in a town that well, I don't know how how is the scene where you are? Are you close enough to a scene over there, or are you uh, kind of? Yeah, you're kind of in where, where I, mean, I kind of am. I'm in the middle of, like, nowhere, kind of. I mean, the Joplin has a population of 50,000, so it's not that small. Yeah. Um, I'd say probably the closest place to see bands in our scene would probably be Springfield, Missouri. Um, there's a place called the Outland Ballroom, and I actually saw Mom Jeans play there with um, Pool Kids, and that was a really sick show. Um, so, yeah, I'm kind of close. It's about an hour and a half away. But I, I don't go there often, and there's not a whole lot. It's mostly, like, metalcore and stuff that yeah. goes through there. Yeah, kind of the same. I'm an hour and a half away from Boston, so that is... Although there's, like, way more venues in Boston that everyone hits, from, like, bigger ones to clubs, since it's a city. But I definitely get the get the feeling of, like, living in a town where no one else really listens to what you might be listening to. <laughs> yeah, um, for sure. I'll go into 
I'll go into the record. There's an AJJ album at the record store I go to, and an American football album too that's been there since they've opened, and it's still there. It's just yeah. no one's gonna, and that blows my mind because like, well, it's, um, everyone knows American football, right? Right. I'll never buy it. I hate American football. <laughs> You're I, one of those guys. I hate American football so much. What? So, I had the yeah. I t- I talked to um, who was it yesterday? Fuck, who did it? No, it was Monday. I can't remember who I interviewed. Um, whatever. It was Camp Ghost that I talked to this about. Um, what are your thoughts on that? Like popular emo, so like third wave stuff, like um, American football. This is kind of fourth wave, I guess. Um, My Chemical Romance, Fallout Boy, Jimmy Eat World, oh. like that yeah. that weird resurgence in the two thousands that I can't stand. Yeah. <laughs> I I don't like mall. I call it mall emo. I yeah. don't I don't like mall emo, but. Um, it's weird that American football is lumped into the to that group because they sound nothing alike. <laughs> yeah, that's why I said they were kind of fourth wave, just because it yeah. has that like Midwest sound to it. Yeah, and really. I, if we're talking like that, that American football is the only band that I do like out of that era. <laughs> yeah, that was I fucking I can't stand it, and I feel like I'd get crucified on art ash emo if i came out and was like american football sucks but yeah. i'll crucify anyone that says something that differs from the hive mind that is reddit um but yeah i it's i always found that that music strange and odd i didn't even like it when i was growing up yeah but, you know i it never was like weird. into it when it would play on like the radio and stuff uh, I was just, you know, be like, yeah, whatever. That's yeah. not my thing. It all, it all start. How did, so how did you get like into the scene before the record label? Since the record label seems a little, a little newer than you and yeah. music. Yeah. So I got into, uh, like Midwest emo, I guess you could say. Um, when I was in high school and I discovered Bandcamp, uh, we had uh, school-issued laptops and I would just mess around in class all the time. And I discovered Bandcamp and I would just sit there and listen to music like all day. And uh, the first the first thing that got me into it, into emo, would probably be um, Sports, the band Sports first EP. Uh, we'll get to it eventually. That one was like my segue into it. And then from there, I discovered uh, Morning Effort. Morning Effort was a big one. Uh, Rip Matt. Sweet. Um, so you, you said that you were all, you always wanted to like do something with music. Are you, can you play an, in, or are you, do you play an instrument at all? Uh, I played. Uh, in marching band in high school, but no, <laughs> other than that, we can't play okay. anything. I play clarinet. Yeah, I'm in the same. I totally understand what that like feeling of wanting to do something like for the scene and stuff, but not being able to like make music for the scene because that's what this 
this is just to have a platform for people to come on and talk about their stuff or their music or music in general because I I don't think I could even like begin to play an instrument other than like the like three years I played percussion in middle school <laughs> mm. um, yeah I can't even remember how to play the clarinet <laughs> That would be, you know, they always have brass instruments in some of these bands, like mom jeans, and you know, and you could, I don't know, maybe you could, if you refreshed your memory, you could kind of get into it with a with a wind instrument. Maybe my partner <laughs> played uh, trumpet in high school, so see, then they would be able to, uh, they'd be able to get in on something. The trombone's yeah. pretty similar. That seems to be the one that everyone goes to. Oh yeah. Um, Unless it's the front bottoms and then it's a fucking trumpet. But that's a whole different like side of everything. Um, so I ask this. Um, I've been asking this a lot because I need to get to the bottom of it. Um, what what do you think the origins of the Prince Daddy and the Hyena band name is? Do you have any ideas? Do you do you th lie in bed awake thinking about it or is it only me who sits there and just contemplates what the meaning is i don't know i've never really given much thought to it uh i don't i've never really like listened to them very much i know that they're good friends with mom jeans and they tour a lot yeah i'm i've been on a hunt pretty heavy on to find out the name and no one tells the truth if they know them. Posser and the Grizzly, you can't trust them at all. Um, and you can't trust Corey because he, he'll just lie to you. But, okay, I'll chalk that up as a, as a loss for me, unfortunately, because I can't, I gotta, I gotta get to the bottom of it. I'm interviewing the guy from Counterintuitive at 2. Oh. And um, he's good friends with Corey, so maybe I can squeeze it out of him, but I doubt it. He'll probably just lie to me, um, oh, like yeah. everyone else has. <laughs> Isn't um, such a big deal? Like, why do they not want you to know? <laughs> I don't, so, it's like a, I don't know, I don't get it. He, just the, <laughs> a lot, so, a long time ago, not too long ago, like two years ago, it was, I heard through other podcasts that he'll tell a story. He'll just, he'd never give the same story. So like it, you never, you know, Wikipedia says it, it was a game they played when they were in elementary school during recess. That's bullshit. Um, on several different podcasts, he's given several different stories and on, um, I can't remember the name of the, podcast something neighbors um he uh he just straight up said like yeah i just make up stories i've never told anyone what the real <laughs> name is invite the neighbors that's the name of the podcast um but he he just doesn't do it and when i asked him i was like would you will you actually tell me or are you gonna just give me bullshit and he said i'll just give you bullshit so i might as well just won't tell you what what it is so but they have come out and said that there should be a comma between prince and daddy. So it's referring to three three people 
in the in the name. So it's a prince, his dad, which is a king, and then a hyena. And I think it was Camp Ghost that said it could be Lion King. Right, I was just thinking that. The, uh, how did you draw that line? I, I did not at all. I don't know. Oh, like it's just like, oh well, what the? How do you? Is it the hyena part? Yeah, the hyena part, and then the prince, I guess, would be Simba, and then the daddy would be his dad. Yeah. Mufasa. I just. All right. I feel like if more, you know, you're the second person or the third, I guess, since both of the guys from Camp Coast had the same idea. Um, I maybe I'll just message Corey and be like, "Hey, I found out your secret. How much?" How much are you going to give me to keep this covered up? <laughs> um, but, okay. So, I'll, uh, I'll ask uh, Jake that today. I'll be like, I think I figured it out. I think uh, <laughs> I've done enough research. I've done enough pondering. I think I figured it out. Um, all right, let's keep going. Um, so, what the, so, you're pretty involved in the music scene and everything from you know, the records and stuff, the record label and things like that. Um, what does, does it hold like a special p place in your heart from, from a certain standpoint? Is that one of the major reasons you wanted to get into it? Yeah. Yeah. Music is a big part of my life. I, I love music. And like I said, I've always wanted to make it and I never felt like I could. So this is like a way that I'm kind of, you know, I'm making the CDs. I'm doing everything by hand so how do you make a cd by hand so like obviously don't like make the cd yeah, yeah you like, get it you get cds ones. yeah i like, understand that part uh i i usually will buy them in bulk too or i can sometimes uh thrift them like a full pack of like unused blank bees mm -hmm. from like a thrift store and uh so a lot of my stuff is upcycled like that um i get these printable labels they're like stickers for the for the um discs so i can put basically any design i just print it out of my printer and uh slap them on the discs and they're good to go uh if i do a black and white one i can do like splatter on it with the ink splatter and those look pretty sick so is that just splattering the ink once you have the sticker on uh, I actually do it before I remove the sticker from the paper, so I don't get any on the bottom of the disc or anything. Um, oh, okay, okay. Yeah, I see what you're saying. Yeah, so it's like, I use India ink, so it's very thin, um, and it's not toxic or anything, so there's no worrying about chemical leaching into the disc and ruining the data or anything like that. Um, and for the covers, I just use cardstock, um, like a any DIY tape label would for their yeah for their J cards yeah have you ever bought secondhand discs thinking they were clear and there was like something on them I have not yet but that is something that I check every time I get a pack of them I look through that'd be yeah. hilarious I'm sure they're probably Probably's. like sealed or maybe they're not I don't know but it's like those big huge nice. stacks that you'd buy right yeah, sometimes they're sealed. Sometimes there's a few missing from them. Uh, I yeah. always check the ones that were sealed. Yeah. I remember 
I haven't had a CD in so long, but I remember having a huge stack my parents would have because they'd burn everything onto them or use them for whatever and just watching it slowly dwindle down. But you must just, like, go through them. I always wondered, like, why do we have, like, this huge stack of CDs? I'm pretty sure by the time CDs weren't really used, being used as much, they had to throw away a certain amount of unused ones they bought in the 90s or something. But Right. Um, but that's pretty cool that with the, I think I saw, I was scrolling through your Instagram yesterday or the day before and just going right. all the way down and seeing, like, the, I was wondering how you got, like, stuff on the top of it like that <laughs> um but let's keep going um so you go do you go to shows quite a bit uh sometimes around here there's very it's very rare that a punk or like a rock show will happen uh there's a few bars in the downtown area that'll have some punk stuff um but not usually there's just not a huge scene around here yeah do you, so do you have any, like, uh, well, when you go to the, like, the mom jeans show, did you go to, were you in the pit at all? Oh, yeah. 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 Okay. I <laughs> bought that tour shirt from the merch table immediately, put that thing on in the bathroom, and I was in the pit. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a mom jeans fan, and I'm not ashamed of it. I don't even wait to get to the bathroom. I just put the shirts on. <laughs> 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 Fuck it. I've got to put it on now. Um, yeah. I have all, I hang all mine up once they've been, um, ruined like that blue one behind me, that mom jeans one, that thing like saw some shit. There's like blood on oh, it. Man. Yeah. So I was Dang. like, Oh, well I got to hang it up now. And then the CTS one, how do you, so I, I have to be really careful now because the only two shirts I have is this Prince daddy one and my counterintuitive shirt I got. And I don't even dry them. I'll put them in the washer, and I won't dry them because I'm scared they'll shrink. Because the thing that happened with those ones back there, they, they're they like crop tops. You can see my stomach. And they're XLs. Oh, yeah. It's wild. How do you wash your con? Do you still wear them? One. And if oh, yeah. you do, is there like a secret? Like what settings do you put on your dryer when you wash them? And <laughs> wash I just I just wash them with everything else. <laughs> I, just, I just got unlucky, I guess. Damn. Yeah, yeah I mean, I mine are the, the green one. Yeah, they get beat up, but that's the that's the point, right? Um, if you're if you're hitting the pit, um, do you right. have any like pit stories or like favorite shows you've gone to see throughout the years? And how big um, is that? How big is that venue? That's like an hour and a half from you. Is it like, is it like a music hall or is it like a club? It's more like a music hall, I would say. Yeah. Uh, they have an upstairs venue uh, where like most of the punk stuff happens, and then they have a downstairs area that's more like a club type vibe. So like they have hip hop and rap and stuff down okay. there. So do you have like a favorite show you've seen? Or like any pit stories of like something fucked up happening? Uh, there was a few shows I went to where I've gotten like a bloody nose when I was in high school. Uh, there was this, there was this church venue. Uh, I went to, 
or they were playing like Christian metal and stuff like that. And I got pretty banged up in that pit. Damn. I almost broke my glasses. <laughs> That's, um, I'm sure your glasses have fallen off in the pit. Right. Yeah. And everyone looks for them and then they get miraculously uh, found. Or was this one of those pits where it was, um, no help at all. The pit etiquette was not up to par. <laughs> Uh, it was pretty good. The etiquette there, um, it was a Christian venue, so there were like chaperones, but they let us go pretty ham in the pit. <laughs> I used to, I had a pair that was like glued together and I'd lose when they'd fall off, the arm would pop off and oh, yeah, I don't know how I did it, but I was, I went to several shows with those glasses. They'd always fall off and I'd always lose both parts but I'd always leave with both parts. <laughs> it's like, it's I lost, I've lost a shoe, like nowhere to be found afterwards, but I always found the arm to my glasses. I mean, Hey, it's your guardian angel. Yeah. They, they must've just been like, well, you, you lost your shoe, but we can, we'll always hold on to this for you. Yeah. It's you nuts. need to see, but yeah, pit, pit etiquette's pretty important. Um, people can get pretty fucked up even at the shows that you don't think are going to get fucked up. Um, I've brought a few friends to shows and they've been like, people mosh to this. And I'm like, yeah, it's different <laughs> when you're there. And I mean, it is sometimes you'd think like, I don't think someone's gonna mosh to fucking, um, mom jeans or something. Cause it doesn't sound as like crazy when you're listening to it. Right. Until you're like there and then you're like, oh, oh yeah. okay, this is fucking crazy. Um, I've seen them a couple times. I saw them at Sad Summerfest and then at a, a 200 cap place. That was fucked up. That was a fucked up show. Um, being eye level with them is not like it doesn't feel right because uh. you're used to like a stage. <laughs> like yeah, being able yeah. to like they were like a step up the stage was like slightly raised so like all you had to do to get up on stage was like take a step and then you could jump off of it and that was like my first experience with like super craziness going on and then them just being like fine with you like up there with them for like a minute or two and no one stopping you like there wasn't security Right. Surrounded. That's how so, like, it was. No one to catch the kids getting crowd surfed. It was like you were on your own. <laughs> um, yeah, that's how that stage was at that Christian venue I was talking about. Yeah, yeah it was like a tiny little. So at least you can tell where the stage starts, and it's not like you're playing in a skate shop, and it's just you, kids, and then clothing surrounded. <laughs> Those venues always seem fucking, I would, P Daddy played at one, I don't know where it was, but I would kill, I would have killed to go to that one. That would have just been fucking insane, um, just to be like in a very condensed spot. Maybe not now, with COVID and everything, giving me anxiety yeah. about being literally face to face with another guy, like touching cheeks essentially. But, hey, I've been in pits since then, so I really, what's the fucking difference? But um, I have a game here that we're going to play. Um, 
it's a versus. It's um so I'll name a band I'll name two bands and you just choose who would win. And I need a pen. And um Camp who was it? It wasn't Camp Ghost. Fuck. Who did I do that asked is it going to be like a fight to the death? Oh, it was um it was tournament, they asked. So like you pick, you know, if it's like off of pure like musical taste, you can go that route, or if it's a fight to the death, you could go that route. Um, and you can go back and forth with it, however you want to do it. So I'll name the first two bands, and you just let me know who would win. Um, the Hotelier versus Remo Drive. Hotelier. That was a quick one. Yeah, I don't really care for Remo Drive. <laughs> what about the older stuff? Oh yeah, I like yeah. their first album a yeah, lot. Yeah, like this... greatest hits and like stuff. the couple singles. Yeah, right after their drummer left, it was like <clears throat> I stopped listening. I tried to listen, but I stopped pretty uh pretty shortly after. Um, all right, this is out of the genre, but I love I love listing these stupid fucking bands. Papa Roach <laughs> versus. Um, shine down. <laughs> I'm gonna have to go with Papa Roach. Wow. <laughs> um, Papa Roach has had the longest run on this, on this um game. That's like, funny. <laughs> ne- everyone's picked Papa Roach, the goat of fucking butt rock. Um, yeah, for real. Uh, uh, awful music. <laughs> The the worst part about that one too is like a lot of these bands have like super shitty people in them, so it's like I don't even want to fucking name them off, but the music is just so bad and it's so funny. Like who is the best at being fucking awful? Um, so uh, Charmer versus Retirement Party. I literally only wrote Retirement. I'm glad I'm remembering the last word. Uh, Charmer for sure I love that band so I kind of classify emo music like in half so like Charmer I'm glad it's you Max Seal is on one side and then on the other side there's like Prince Daddy Mom Jeans um, Graduating Life bands like that do you like favor a side more or are you like there's more like the Midwest twinkly stuff, and then there's like the louder kind of um, power pop stuff. St- yeah, that's that's yeah, that's a perfect way to say it. Do you prefer a side over another? Um, honestly, I lean more towards the twinkly side, specifically the twinkly scrams side. What um, is scrams? But- I've been seeing that more and more around i don't know what that is i have no clue what it is i think of scrams as a way to let somebody know you mean screamo but you know that the person you're talking to would think you mean ask alexandria okay okay that's a perfect so like that's like old gray that would be like 
grams. Okay. Or screamo, whatever that you want to call it. Yeah, that makes a lot more sense because, like, it's the same thing when you say emo, they're going to think MCR, Fallout Boy, Paramore, which I'm sure it falls under that category, but. Right. And Haley Williams was on LP3 from American Football. She was. I wouldn't know. I don't listen to uh, American football because I hate them. Um, all right, let's keep going. So I have, I did the same thing. I don't know if I was stoned or just extremely sleepy when I wrote this list. So I have Maxiel versus, and then I just wrote graduating and not graduating life. That's so, maybe I'm going insane. I don't know what's wrong with me. Um, so Maxiel versus graduating life. Axial all the way. <laughs> Who do you think would win in a fight, though? I don't know. Probably grad life. <laughs> That's what I... Yeah, I and thought, like too. altercation. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> I mean, Bart's a super nice guy, but I don't know. He looks yeah, like he could throw down. Like. <laughs> yeah. Um. All right. Last one, uh, Jimmy Eat World versus MCR. Oh, Jimmy Eat World. Okay, uh, good. That's one. That's one I can agree with you on. Well, I agreed with the hotelier as well. Yeah, uh, Jimmy Eat World. My first exposure to that band was Midnight Club Three Dub Edition on PS2. <laughs> <laughs> I have Bleed American on vinyl. And it, I have to, I only really want to listen to Bleed American off of it, and it's the first song, but the side is scratched, so it oh, won't, no. the needle won't guide onto the music, but if I perfectly place it, I can get it to go, and it's makes me mad because I went to the record store the day after. Because they, I had to go. I, I needed some. I forget what I fucking needed, but I needed something for the record player, and um, they had a sealed Bleed American record, and I was pissed because it would have been perfect. So I don't know what the fuck's wrong with it. And I have a Touche Amore album that does the same thing. So fuck me. Um, all right. So those are. The contenders for the next game. I wonder how far Papa Roach will go. I really <laughs> do. Because that's a fucking... That's a... I don't know how. I mean, the, the, Papa Roach is one against Seether. The, he's one against Hoobastank. And I mean, <laughs> I would have picked Hoobastank just off the name. He uh, won against Drowning Pool. <laughs> And he won against Finger Eleven, but I mean, Finger Eleven's a gimme, essentially. Huh. Not really, uh, not the best. Um, I fucking hate Finger Eleven. That's the wrong side. Um, I'm so, not a connoisseur. Yeah, butt rock. You're not a butt rock connoisseur. No way. <laughs> Damn, you should. You should at least release one butt rock record. Find a DIY oh, yeah. butt rock band. I don't think they exist. They're probably just all industry plants, honestly. Um, 
There's a local one around here. <laughs> or a cover band, you know? Just uh you gotta get one on the uh discography. I would happily buy one of those. <laughs> a local a local butt rock <laughs> record. <laughs> oh, I'm in all I mean, I'm sure there's one in New Hampshire. There I'm sure there's a few in New Hampshire. Fuck. This place is, uh, huh. um, anyways, so before I end it, before I end everything, I always like to ask a food you've eaten today. And I know that it's only, it's almost noon over there. Yeah. So I'd understand. You haven't? Eaten today. You haven't? <laughs> no. Yeah, I, I didn't think so. Um, I literally shoved a Danish in my mouth and a handful of Mike and Ike's. And drank two seltzers just to like have something in my body, um, but so you can you can say something what you had for dinner that's okay, um, so something you've eaten, and a song that you've had on repeat or an artist on repeat or an album, you know, uh, so go for it, and then plug, plug once you're done. Okay. Uh, I guess last night I had spaghetti. <laughs> with um, red sauce? Yeah, red. Do you, with meat. Do you, so, have you seen The Sopranos? I'm sorry to interrupt you. Have you uh, my mom was really into that show, so I watched it in passing as a kid, but yeah. I've never actually seen it. So, since, you know, they're Italian, and they'll, instead of saying pasta sauce, they'll say gravy, or red sauce, they say gravy. So, I've started. Oh, um, yeah. I'll go to restaurants and I'll ask how the gravy is and they don't know what I'm talking about because it's like, who the fuck, who the fuck says that, right? But I'll ask and it's like a joke that it's like, oh, this place has good chicken parm because I'm like a fucking, I love chicken parm. And I'm like, is the gravy good? No one knows what I'm fucking talking about. Like, what are you talking, like putting gravy on pasta? But Mobster walking in. Because I'm so menacing looking and Italian looking as well. They just, you know. Um, all right, so you had pasta with red sauce and meat. What are you listening to? Uh, lately, an album that I've had on repeat is um, the latest release from the band Old Problems. Um, they're from like 2014, 2013, but they just released like a full discography album, and I've been bumping that a lot sweet uh, specifically apache relay that song is really good so when you i don't know how other people listen to their spotify i like to ask and i fucking hate spotify with a burning passion Same. but but it's the only way really to listen to music when i'm not at home so you know and I'll buy albums on Apple Music, but, like, I can't buy everything. I'm not rich. So. Right. It's an unfortunate truth that sucks. But anyways, do you, so I will save a song and I'll have, like, four or five songs on my liked that I listen to on repeat. Or I'll mm. listen, excuse me, or I'll listen to a daily mix. How do you, cons- like, consume music, discover music? things like that oh i used to use spotify um 
but I think a couple years ago I just stopped paying for it. And uh, since then, I exclusively use Bandcamp. That's how I discover new artists. Uh, that's how I discover most of the artists that I get on the label. Um, but Bandcamp is my main source of music. And that's where all my collection is. That's where I buy most of, or really all my music, if it's not physical. Yeah. Do you, is Band, uh, would you like recommend Bandcamp? For the most part, oh yeah, like you can listen to kind yeah, of almost like, everything. Pretty much, yeah. Um, there's like a a little paywall behind it. Like if you have to pay for the album, you can yeah. only listen to each song three times before it like doesn't let you stream it anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, but since most people just put it up as pay what you want, you can even download it for free directly to your like device. Okay, sweet. Maybe I'll do that because I switch banks. So all my payments aren't going to go through at all anywhere. Um, So Spotify has been giving me the warning, like, don't lose your offline listening. And um, maybe I'll just switch over if that's the case. Um, Because I'm happy to, like, I'll, like, pay a buck and get it, you know, or, like, a few, like, what I can give, right? So um, That's the cool thing about Bandcamp. Yeah, I've used it a few times when, like, people didn't have stuff on Spotify and they were, like, working on it. Or, like, they'll send me the Bandcamp link. Or I've bought a few things off of there on, like, Bandcamp Fridays and stuff where, like, it's 100% goes to the goes to the, uh, the artist. Um, so how do you – so when I look for guests to come on, I'm always – it's always uh, – I just message them on Instagram do you have a way of or like they'll message me do you end up reaching out more or are you are you at a point where people will like reach out to you and you reach out to other people kind of kind of a even split it's kind of a back and forth uh a give and take so uh, when I first started I would be hitting up like a lot of people uh trying to get stuff on but since things have picked up and I've gotten a lot busier, I try to keep things um, organized into <clears throat> different like release cycles. So like when I do a comp, that's like a teaser for the upcoming release cycle. Um, yeah. Sweet. And then like, and you don't have to go deep into this like profits wise. Is you said you kind of split the CDs. Like, you'd sell a certain amount, like, 15, like, what you said. Is that, like, your kind of normal yeah. way of doing it? Yeah. You just kind of split the inventory or whatever the yeah, agreed, you, upon, agreed upon amount is. I try to do that because uh, it's a lot easier than having to worry about selling enough copies to be able to send the artist half the profit. But I do do that uh, often. Uh, oftentimes, artists won't be in a position where they're able to do mail order. So they'll prefer me to sell all the copies and then I'll just send them half the profit, but they don't have to put anything into it to begin with. Like they, they don't put any of their own money in. So it's all just straight profit, no matter what, how they choose to do it. That's sweet. Yeah. That's really cool. Um, so, uh, why don't you plug and we'll wrap it up. 
All right. Um, I want to plug first my two uh, friends in the scene, Oliver Glenn Records and Milk Crate Merch. Uh, Milk Crate did shirts for Poor Sports, which is um, it's like a Camp Ghost related project. Um, and he's really good at what he does. He screen prints merch and um, we're, we've got a lot of projects coming up uh, the next year together. The us three. Um, there's really not much else uh, to plug at the moment since you said the uh, episode won't be coming out. Yeah, until yeah. Later. I just stack them, and I've been doing a lot since I've been able to. So I got a big list going through, which is nice on my end because I can just schedule them, set and set and forget. And just on Monday, I need to check my my <laughs> my hosting website to make sure that I need to make a post or not. Um, well, thank you for coming on. This was great. Um, you're welcome back anytime. Um, I don't know. I think you follow me. On Instagram, I don't know. It's so confusing yeah. 90% of the time. But I've posted about doing uh, like a little versus series where you come on and we play um, uh, the Jackbox games. You just need your phone to do it. You you know, it's like a fun little game and do it like you could play, like you would play against another record label to see who would win, you know, and I'd, I'd probably do it. There'd, be, there'd need to be people to vote. So I'd need a few, I'd need like, I don't know, at least three people to vote <laughs> on, on your stuff. Um, but, and then you could win like a, a little toy truck or a stuffed monkey or, um, <laughs> I don't know. I'm just looking at stuff that's on my desk. Uh, I don't know what you guys would, would win, but I'd, I'd send you guys <laughs> whoever wants something. Um, but yeah, so if you're interested in that, I can I'll write you I'll write you down to like hit you up when that starts. Probably early September so I can get a few I need a few things to like actually do it. Uh but yeah, thank you. I appreciate it. I appreciate what you're doing for the scene. That sounds amazing, especially the just the oh you want CDs? I'll just make you CDs and you keep half of whatever's made off of them i think that's a really cool a really cool thing to do for the for the 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 scene at the point where those those they are and things like that so yeah i just wanted to make things accessible you know yeah it can get fucking pricey i feel like depending on what what someone's doing and how much they're charging and things like that so it's really cool that you just made it you've made it kind of easier for them to have a physical copy because I mean, they make 50 cents every month off of fucking Spotify. Right. You know? Yeah. Yeah. So it's just, it's just horrible stuff like that. But, and then you're able to like, you know, and all, and having something is always, is always good. I buy tapes. I'll always buy the tapes because they're, they're small and like fun to have. And you can kind of, put them somewhere safe when you're at a concert i don't know who buys vinyl at shows that's just a bad idea unless you're standing in the (laughs) back 
and like far away from everyone. Like I've seen people's vinyls get like broken because they're like up front. It's like, oh, that's a waste of forty dollars, you know. Like you just fucking snapped your brand new record. Yeah. Um, but anyways, again, thank you for coming on. Um, I'm gonna Thanks end for it. Having me. Yeah, of course. Um, so I'll end it and we'll talk it out. Uh, I'm not playing music, so that's going into post. So I'm just gonna hit the record button again to shut it off. Uh, bye. Mm-hmm.